Ultra. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Now, I used to think recording a podcast was a simple affair. Host meets guest, they fall in like. Host brings a cast list, guest brings a cast list. They say, I can't hear you, can you speak up? I was wrong. That's just a conversation with Scott Corelli. Recording a podcast with Scott Corelli is an entirely different proposition. So, Scott, is Father of the Bride a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, you've been on the show before. You know how this all works. Yeah. But this is the first uh, Ideal Remake episode that I am recording with you as a part of the Dueling Genre Network, which is your network. That's true. So I'm 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 like uh lowercase your boss now. Lowercase. <laughs> I've got lots of bosses. It's fine. I'll add one more to the pile. So like I would say let's introduce you to the to the the new dueling genre people who are listening. But if there's anyone they're going to know, it's you. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But just in case this is the first time someone's listening to an episode of mine where you're the guest, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, I am the I'm the co-founder of Dueling Genre, the podcast network that you're uh, listening to a podcast that is a part of that network. I host Franchiseography. That's new. If you uh, only listen to Ideal Remake, Franchiseography is a podcast that I started with my co-host Nick Jimenez, uh, co-host and writing partner Nick Jimenez, and uh, we talk about film franchises and we talk about the history of them, the development of them, and we go movie by movie and talk about the whole process of making them and then we break the movie down and just sort of talk about why it works, why it doesn't work, or why it could be better. Uh, and it is a lot of fun. Uh, we, we, we enter it all, um, from the perspective of like, the reason I wanted to do it is because you hear so often where people see a movie and they'll come out and be like, wow, the script for that was bad. And it's like, oh yeah, did you, did you read the script? Did you? Did you read the script or, or are you just, do you just think that the movie, a script is a transcript of the movie you just watched? And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing where I'm trying to figure out like, okay, this movie's bad, but why is it bad? Why were these decisions made? And usually if you dig deep enough into that research, you can usually find a narrative and a story that explains everything. And you're suddenly like, oh, that makes a lot of sense that it is that way. Okay. Wow. You know, it doesn't make the movie any better necessarily, but you understand it better. But it makes it more interesting. It definitely makes it more interesting. Absolutely. So that's what we try to do on Franchiseography, and we are having a ton of fun doing it. Uh, I, I'm really proud of the show, so you should check it out. I, yeah, I think anyone who enjoys this show would also enjoy Franchiseography, and not just specifically Season 1, Episode 3. There's other <laughs> yeah. episodes that you can also enjoy. <laughs> Yes, but if anyone Sam was... joined us. We covered Men in Black, and Sam joined us for Men in Black 3, a movie that he had not seen until we covered it. We had a really great conversation out of it, though. Yeah, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed that whole season. I enjoyed my episode also. It was all great. Yeah. Um, and then if anyone saw me when I was like going ham on Twitter uh, trying to promote Spy Kids, it was for franchiseography. 
and it won. And we did it worked. It. it worked. Yeah, yeah. All that all that campaigning practice uh, paid off. Yeah, Spy Kids is going to be our fourth season. So I'm that's genuinely exciting. excited. It's going to be so cool. <laughs> Let's get more Spy Kids content out there. The world sure, wants to know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Um, cool. So we were trying to figure out an episode to record, and I don't remember what we originally were talking about, but then you rewatched this movie on your own, and you're like, Sam, we have to talk about this movie. Yes. Why did you want to talk about Father of the Bride? So so the thing that struck me rewatching Father of the Bride, I was in a Nancy Myers mood, okay? And sometimes I get in these moods where I just want to watch uh I want to watch a movie about a rich boomer family in their big <laughs> kitchen. Um and and sometimes I'm just in that mood. And I was in that mood that day, and I'm going to watch so so I was like I was like I got to watch a Nancy Myers. That's what I'm in the mood for. But I was I was go- looking through the Nancy Myers and I was like it's a lot of midlife crisis like um <laughs> existential crisis kind of movies and so I was like I want to go a little earlier in her career and I settled on Father of the Bride the movie I hadn't seen probably since I was a kid uh, but I remember liking it's got Steve Martin Steve Martin's great yep. right and uh, and so I was like yeah let's do let's hit up Father of the Bride and also they did a Father of the Bride three ish. Uh, three part part three ish during all of the quarantine stuff. They did like a Zoom episode, and it's or a Zoom movie, a Zoom sequel, and it rules. It's really, really good and fun oh. and charming. Um, cool. So I just I watched the whole series, just like part one through three, uh, all all the way through, and so it was like it was it was really great. But I'm watching this movie, and number one, it should be stated, this is being remade literally right now. Uh, with an all Latino cast. Great. Yeah. So that's happening right now. Um, it's going to be a little different than the one I'm pitching uh, for just age and story reasons, but I'll get there in a second. But, but uh, you know, I was watching this and I was like, wow, there's like a scene in this where they leave their gigantic house in, in Los Angeles. He, they live in Los Angeles. It's a gigantic house. It looks like the house from Home Alone. I mean, it is huge. It is a huge house. They leave that house to go to the in-laws' house for lunch, and they show up, and they're just like, oh, my God, their house is so huge. We look like peasants compared to them. And I'm like, only boomers (laughs) could make a movie like this. (laughs) I I had the same thought. Like, they basically drove out of Beverly Hills and drove into Rodeo Drive, and they're like, oh, man, this is how the other half lives. (laughs) Yeah, it is bananas and i was just thinking wow there's a lot in this movie i like but there's a lot of stuff that's dated very like boomer generational uh uh uh, views on the world both from a financial standpoint and also just from like a philosophical standpoint in terms of how the family dynamics work and all of these things and so i was like this is a really fun charming movie but it's very, very dated in the way that it views things like weddings and, you know, uh, male, female, uh, uh, you know, dynamics and father daughter dynamics and mother daughter. Di- Everything is very sort of um, generic. Yeah. Like it's it's it hasn't changed much from like the 50s. Well, you know, here's the thing, because this movie is a remake of a movie from 1950. Right. Where I imagine a lot of the things happen. And what I thought was interesting watching this movie is that I actually kind of thought it walked the line a little bit because we can clearly see Steve Martin being like, well, I can't have my precious daughter, my baby going out and being with some other man. 
Right. But the movie kept making clear over and over again that he was wrong. It, yeah. Like, it wasn't saying, well, of course, it it wasn't being the kind of, like, soft remake of this movie where you have, like, your Mel Gibson terrible father or your Mark Wahlberg or uh, uh, Dave... Uh, 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 Dave Frank or random Franco brother being a, a loser <laughs> fiance. Like right. we make soft remakes of this movie all the time where yeah. you kind of see where he's coming from or like he's doing the macho thing of like, shh, shh, you best stay away from my daughter. Sure. Sure. Neither of that happens every step of the way in terms of uh, like emotions. Steve Martin's wrong and the movie tells you that he's wrong. Absolutely, yeah. Until we get to Martin Short, then it's different. But <laughs> because then it's like, yeah, I don't like. I did the math. Five hundred and seventy-two people at two hundred and fifty bucks a head is one hundred and forty-three thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's just for food. And I also don't think you need swans at a wedding, right? Or valets. So, so, so and that that is my the whole crux of what my what my idea for this remake is because i think that you can't just make another movie where george is afraid of his daughter getting married right and is like oh these weddings they're so expensive like you like you just can't make another wedding like that or another wedding another movie like right, that right, right. <laughs> and, and and um i my thought was what if cuz i'm pretty sure the 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 all latino cast father of the bride is kind of just doing the similar thing but with like a gen x uh father you know sure but but it's kind of the same thing it's it, going to probably be a catholic wedding instead of a Christ, like a like a it's this, you know it's the, the wedding the they have in movie, here but but with not white people exactly exactly so that's can, what it seems so we can rely on the we can take all the stereotypes of white people and replace right. them with all the stereotypes of latinx people Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Right. That's probably what it's going to be. Of course. Because, you know, typically when a remake happens, it's done the easy way, the easiest way possible. Yeah. Well, because you're making a remake not because you have a good creative idea, but because there's money to be made. And right. You're right, not, right. You're not going to waste some of that money to be made on what well, we've got the script. Just do that. But uh, a browner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So my idea is you do a millennial George. And the pitch that I have for this is you flip everything around and you have the daughter, the daughter getting engaged is not a surprise, right? She's been dating the guy for a while. And then it's like, it's happening. But the, the switch is that George having been, is a millennial. So that means he's fairly young, which means he got married fairly young. And my thought is he got, when he got married, he was extremely young, extremely poor and the wedding was barely anything, but this is a this is the type of guy is this hopeless romantic who has always dreamed of a big extravagant wedding and his daughter's getting married and now he's like yes it's finally time <laughs> and then it's a story about him taking over the wedding and finally giving the, the his daughter the wedding of his dreams and having to learn that me it's not your wedding you know like your okay. wedding was fine and you're happy now and that's that's all that you need now you need to make the wedding that she wants and what she wants is a small wedding with just like her family and close friends like and yeah. yeah and that's and, and so like i feel like 
as an arc as like you're you're doing the same movie it's still like a dad who's like doing this crazy thing around a wedding and like you know but it's it's flipping it so that everything is the opposite of what it is in the movie that we watched yes you know i like it it's a bit it's a big emotional flip and i and i think that's very clever how old is the oldest millennial early 40s yeah, early early forties. I mean, you could probably cast people like up to forty five because you know no one ages anymore. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I uh, will say that um, I went with uh, a Nina Banks in her forties, and I think my George is fifty two. Oh, okay. So all right, in, my in Georges were a little part. younger than that. Yeah, but we'll, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, but uh, th- that makes sense to me. I for me, I think that that's more interesting because the the movie as it stands now. I think I actually think the movie is fairly progressive for its time because it's it's taking the whole like father being protective of his daughter and it's going guys just they're adults like literally the other dad uh John McKenzie was great like I think we need to have more scenes with John and Joanna McKenzie mm. because they were the kind of like self-actualized well at some point you just got to let them go and and hope you raise them right yeah and I was like yeah, that that's that is the message. You just said right. the movie. Like that is the that's the thing. Yeah. And great. Like let's focus on that. And like that that's what it, this movie is saying is correct. Right. So now I think you're right of I think there's going to be a lot of millennials and a lot of people who are just <laughs> Man, being a millennial's hard. We've had to live yeah. through a lot and we don't yeah. want our kids to have to live through that and we just want them to be happy so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And if we couldn't be a Pokemon master, by God, they will be a Pokemon master. <laughs> right. Or, or whatever. Whatever their hobby yeah. is uh, of choice. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense to me. Whatever. Okay. So yeah. theoretically, the dad then is the one that wants the big wedding, and Annie is the one who wants to keep things small. Small and intimate. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. But th- and that's the thing. That's the key. She wants it small and intimate because that's what her parents had, and she finds that romantic. But George, having finally found success and having like money and a savings account, wants to blow it all on this huge wedding. But that's not what that's not what Annie wants. I will also say that uh, George's job as a sneaker manufacturer was also (laughs) fairly modern, like a sneakerhead movie from whenever this came out. I was like, what? Yeah, but it's also one of those jobs that. I, I feel like pops up a lot in boomer movies. Does it? Because it's in, yeah, it's in Jumanji. Really? Remember in Jumanji? No. Yeah. Oh, have you not I've, seen I've the seen first Jumanji, Jumanji? But like years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 the, the father who ends up being like the, the big game hunter in Jumanji, same actor. The, the father what, ran a, a sneaker factory because that's where uh, David Allen Greer worked and he invented like the sneaker ah. and then it got like chewed up in the machine and then it ruined his, it ruined his life. Got it. Um, but, but, but I, because uh, I liked that, like it was super downplayed and it was a super small moment, but the moment where like yeah. it's the bridal sneakers and then she's actually wearing them. I loved yeah. that. I thought that was super yeah. sweet yeah it is extremely sweet i i do love that it's just funny that it's like it's like the kind of job you can't really have now you know it's like like there's i can you remember the last time a new sneaker company like actually came in and make a made a dent on anything i think you and i are both the wrong people to answer that question well that's probably true but because you know i i, I think there has been that but we Maybe. just wouldn't know yeah, fair enough. I mean, the, <laughs> you know uh, what? Fair I, enough. I mean, 
there was like my uh my creative director uh when I was in college left doing like the set and everything because the pants he designed the company was taking off so he went to go do that and like you see like I get advertised on Instagram all the time like the shoes that you can hammer and pour water on and everything and <laughs> yeah and then there's like the shoes with LED lights in them yeah I, there's no and then like you drive down Melrose Avenue in the before times or even now like there's lines out the door like Air yeah. Jordans are still popular but <laughs> there's got to be like the new brands i'm like the like there are constantly uh coming out with celebrities releasing their brand of sneaker like it, e- even at a, an established nike company or other companies like they're doing their brand endorsements with like the different musicians and, and athletes and people who it's like it's their sneaker that's being designed right 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 like even if uh, George isn't the one running Nike or whatever the company is, like <laughs> yeah. if George can be the one that's like helping get the the post Malone sneaker into the world. Just, oh sure, sure. I mean, yeah. you bought uh, you were just posted today that you bought Kermit the Frog shoes. I sure did, Kermit the Frog Adidas. Like someone has to be at the company to make Kermit the Frog Adidas happen. That's true. Yeah, fair enough. So even if he doesn't be... own the company, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's a pretty good job. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like the idea of him being responsible for like special edition shoes. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of fun, especially because yeah. he it... can make one of a kind bridal shoes. Yeah, true. So, which of course true. she can then turn around and sell for fifty thousand dollars because they're one of a kind. Yeah, sneakerheads, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> it is both a sweet thing and his wedding gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that a blender is any, anything wrong. Oh, no, he didn't get a blender. He got an expression machine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I like all of that. I also just thought it was funny that, um, well, we're going to invite 572 people. And immediately they just start talking about the parents' friends. And her friends are never mentioned. I'm like, it's her yeah. wedding. Let her just yeah. invite, invite the friends of the people getting married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I if slash when I eventually get married, I don't. I mean, my parents can have a table just for them, like uh-huh. a, like a kids' table, so that they have someone to talk to. Everyone else <laughs> needs to be for me and whoever I'm marrying. Yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah. well, they're my best client. You're not getting married. Boomer stuff. Yep, very much. That's. There's so much of that in this movie. There's so, so many times where where you're just like boomers, man. Wow, um, what a different life you guys led. <laughs> Very much so. Like I grew up watching movies like this and thinking this was normal and this was the life that I was going to have one day. And it's just like, no, no one is going to have a life like that. Just them. They're the only ones. The movie starts with him describing white flight. Yeah. Oh, man. I When I got out here, I didn't really want to live in the city anymore. I moved out to this small county, and it's basically stayed the same for 20 years. Yeah. Ooh, that's uh, that's coded messaging, buddy. We don't we don't love that. Yeah. Yeah. With that in mind, I because the Martin Short and B.D. Wong characters are so visible in the original movie, we got to have some version of that. Yeah. But it's got to – but so you – so in, I mean – the nice thing about your I, pitch is that we we're basically done. I completely agree. I think that's great. Let's move on. <laughs> but like, do, wh- what? 
they, they, they play such caricatures. And obviously these are people that George is bringing in and that Annie doesn't want. Right, right. So I think, I think number one, I think that they need to... They need to really be gay. Well, both of them need to really be gay. Sure. Um, like the actors that we that we cast. So like not Martin Short doing a caricature, but like, you know, actual actual gay gay people. I also think they should maybe be a legitimate couple. I think that would be fun. Because it it's like hinted that they're dating in the movies, but it's also like it could go either way, you know? I don't it's know. It's still it, an uncomfortable power dynamic, unless they're into it. No, no, I think they're, yeah, I just think that they're, I think they're partners. Yes. Like, it's like a, yeah. So, so anyway, um, my, my thought is going off of what you were saying about him being in charge of the special edition shoes, maybe they are like some kind of designer of some sort, like, like, uh, event, event, maybe they're event people in the shoe industry, typically <laughs> for these like premieres of these like special edition shoes and things like that. And he's like, I've worked with these people forever. Like, and so you flip the dynamic again by having him bring them in and be like, these, these guys, these are the, they're the best of the best. They're going to make your wedding amazing, you know? And that's how you bring them in so that the dynamic shifts where he's George isn't the one that's uncomfortable with them. It's kind of everybody else because they're like, how much is this costing? He's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's for a little girl. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> I have two uh, two non sequiturs to describe. One is uh, so I have a friend who like is a, is a baker and like makes cakes and like makes these big elaborate cakes. Like the cake yeah. I have sitting in my kitchen right now as a birthday gift was made by this baker friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he makes these big elaborate cakes. And then I'll notice on it it'll say like "Happy first birthday, Matthew," and I'm like, "It's not for Matthew, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, uh, but then." <laughs> So one of the first clients I had uh, when I was like starting to do my own thing was I, I worked briefly for a woman who was in charge of like she worked for um, BET mm-hmm. and she was kind of in charge of like organizing the parties and everything and setting up the gifting suites, uh, which are a thing yeah. that exist. Yeah. And I can imagine that especially someone who designs designer sneakers and like has all these connections would know the people who like who literally it's their job to make celebrity level parties and what makes celebrity level parties memorable and what gets people tweeting about them and taking pictures with all the merch are the giveaways right you want to take this and like heighten it even more you go to a wedding and they're giving you stuff to attend the wedding because they want to because the dad wants to get the wedding trending Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I like just like you just you walk in and it's a goodie bag full of this and that and like bracelets and iPhones and gift yeah. cards and like Well, well most weddings have hashtags now. Now granted, granted the what the hashtag is specifically so that they can find their wedding photos sure. on Instagram later. But but it is like when you walk in and you're like tag your photos with this hashtag, you know, and it's like <laughs> It's silly, yeah. but like I think we can play on all of that. I think um, so too. In I, terms of, yeah, yeah, I, and I think I think that that can be our uh, our Fr- Frank Engelhofer and Howard Weinstein. I think that's what they're in charge of. But that also means yeah. we have a role that I think we need that I have not cast. Okay, we need a choreographer because it's not a it's not a modern uh, social media wedding unless there's a big choreographed dance. 
Oh, of, of all of all the the groomsmen and all the bridesmaids doing some big elaborate uh, Instagram TikTok dance. You you haven't seen these? Oh, no, no. Oh man, no. The, it's... But I know I know who we should get then for that. Oh great, <laughs> keep that in mind. So I'll set that aside. Yeah, because I, I think we aside. need one of those. It won't be at my wedding. I can tell you that much. I mean, it's pretty popular. You never know. <laughs> you you get a whole dance uh, choreograph with you and Bethany uh, to the um, the Ewok song. It could happen. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I mean, or, that would be something. I mean, also, the two of you are such fans of romantic comedies. There must be romantic comedies like you come out and like there's a song from romantic comedy, or you do uh, the Cuban Pete song from The Mask. There's got to be something that you two would dance to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Look, you're in the middle of figuring out a wedding yourself. That that's stuff you're going to have to start thinking about. <laughs> well, I think that's where my head was at while I <laughs> yeah. was watching this, too. It only just occurred to me now in the moment as I said that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because what I was thinking was, too, was like while I was watching it, I was like, I was like, man... Why is George being like this? What would I be like if this happened? And then I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, I would be really excited. Probably too excited. <laughs> oh. And then, and then like it, it all happened. It all just rushed over me. Uh, so there you go. That's that how this movie me. came to be. I yeah. Like I mean, I, I want to talk more about the movie, but I, your idea is so simple and efficient that we kind of covered it. I don't know what else there is to say about the movie itself. <laughs> other uh, other than let's talk about the like is what does he do like he because he's not in communications what's a modern day equivalent that a dad that a millennial dad wouldn't understand but that a young person would uh oh i actually okay. know i have an idea okay so uh a friend of mine sent me this it's there was a company literally looking to hire someone for 80 to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year and the job description was meme artist, shit poster, and community manager. <laughs> wow. I mean, social media promotion is very, very real. And it's absolutely something someone can do independently. Like, you can be an independent contractor and do that. Yeah. Or you can work for a company I, and do that. I think, I think that that – I think you could do something like that. Because I do like the joke of being like, oh, I'm a shit poster. That's my job. <laughs> I think that's a funny joke. Um, I also think the idea of of being a like a like a vlogger, like a travel vlogger, where it's just like, what do you do for a living? It was like, oh, I go places, and I film it, and I tell people about it yeah. as I'm as I'm there. They're like people just pay you to go on vacation. Well, not exactly because it's my job, but sort of, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I yeah. Love it. Just the idea of like of like, yeah, I have a job, but it's not a job. It would doesn't look like a job to anyone, you know, outside of like yes. people, uh, the person who's doing it. You know, to everyone else, they're like, yeah, you don't see the 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 twelve hours where I spend, you know, creating this video, posting this video, uh, or you know, editing this video. You just see me on vacation. <laughs> And you don't you, you know, don't see the hours I spent working with a developer to make sure I got the correct filter for these pictures. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So that's something because uh, I also think that some of the some of the 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 elements of 
Because if I have something negative to say about Father of the Bride, well, I have quite a few. I've, I've sure. done things. But it's, more, it's all in good fun kind of negative, not like, ooh, movie, bad. Um, it's more just like, ah, isn't, isn't it funny watching a movie made by boomers yeah, and how out of touch it is now? It wasn't movie bad. It was largely movie good, but. Yeah, right. But um, Diane Keaton. Doesn't get a lot to do yeah. in this. It's more of just like, oh, George. It's a lot of that. And so what I would want to do is take the character of George that we get in Father of the Bride and transfer some of those elements over to her, to her character. So that a lot of the things that he was worried about, about like, I don't understand his job and I don't know how he's going to earn money, is actually her having those feelings that so that it frees up George to just be like, no, I'm all in. They're going to get married. They're going to be happily. They're going to live happily ever after forever. And so it's that way. It gives her some more things to do so that it's like, it's like a, um, their relationship then becomes like, like a dreamer and a realist. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you both sense like where conflict comes in their marriage, but also ultimately why they're kind of perfect for each other. Yeah. You know, of like they balance each other out. Um, and I think I think that there's an element that you could do with her there and also make her really funny the way that George that Steve Martin's George is in the movies where like, yeah, he's overbearing. Yeah, he's worried about all these things, but it's in a fun, silly way, not in a like, like. I'm the serious one way. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. One of the criticisms I would give of the original movies, they specifically say that the Diane Keaton character also owns her own business and does her own work. Yeah. But it's never mentioned. And any time, right. like, the time comes to pay for anything for the wedding, it's George paying for it. As if Diane Keaton doesn't also have her own money or doesn't also yeah, earn and like the way that money. it's depicted. When in reality, they probably share a bank account and he's just writing the checks or yeah. whatever. But and but like in reality, it could very easily be like Diane Keaton could write the checks. She'd be like, whatever. Like my yeah. parents have a joint account, but like they also right. kind of will pay for things separately. But yeah. also, it's still with the joint account. So just like right. get Diane Keaton to cut the check. It's fine. Yeah. Where where it's just like it's just like George, you make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and so do I. What's the problem? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Because it, it was like they they like you are an equal here, and dismissed. So right. I, I feel like yes, I think we need to yeah. introduce her, give her concerns. It's like you are spending our money. Right. It right, and and the the extra element is like you're spending our money and. We worked our entire lives. Like this is our savings. And we don't I mean, go like, to Europe. We don't right. do expensive things. I don't wear jewelry because we're saving. Yeah, because we're saving so that we can actually retire and not fake retire. Yes. <laughs> like like most people. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of that there. There's 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 tension there of like this person who's like, Look, I love you so much, but Oh my God, get it together. <laughs> Please stop spending our money, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree with that. Okay. Then let's talk about the Mackenzies. Yeah. Obviously, I don't think we either of us wants them to be like the <laughs> the Bel Air family. No. So theoretically, what I like in the original movie is that they're the couple that's like, this is a good example. A, they're super rich, but I don't really care about that. What I care yeah. about is that they're like, they're just like, the kids are in love. If it doesn't work out, 
it doesn't work out, but it was their decision to make. We love them, we raise them, we support them. Yeah. And I think that that's an important perspective to have as everyone else is kind of like freaking out and going through the motions. I don't want them to be super rich, but like I also, and I also don't particularly care what they do for a living. But I, I, I like the idea that like you go in and it's like, oh yeah, no, I was nervous. Like you anticipate that they'll kind of be the, whoa, these people are freaking out too. But they're the ones who are like, no. We support them. We love them. They're our kids. We raise them. And assuming we raise them right, everything's fine. Yeah. Um, but I don't know where to put them is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the trick is going to be because, like, all of those things that you said are true. However, none of those things really apply to the movie, the version of the remake we're making. Right? So we I have to, like... still do. I think you still need the person that's, like... Just listen to them. Just listen to what they're saying. Like, we, we we went with them and checked out this really good... Like, you can even have the, like, Annie and Brian say, we went with the in-laws to go check out this super small venue that we really, really liked. While, yeah. while you were doing that, I, I found the, the gifting suite to end all gifting suites. So yeah, like, yeah. It's the stuff... It's people to let... When the camera's not on them, they have somewhere else to go and someone and someone else to be with. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. The the sort of uh, grounded parents, but then it's also like, well, like, what do they care? They're not the ones spending any money because the it's the it's the it's the bride's family that spends the money, you know. And so it's it's sort of like that's the perspective that George has on it, where it's just like it also could be that's also really an antiquated thought and this oh, couple yeah. can be insisting the entire time look we don't think that what you're doing is like you shouldn't be doing this but if you're going to pay for it let us help you and right. like george just keeps turning them down yeah 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 to the with his, with his wife like standing behind her just like getting like eyes wide getting wider and wider <laughs> as he keeps turning them down <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah no you can have like a great scene where they just insist on paying for half like, you know, after the engagement happens, they're like, hey, I know that the tradition is that, you know, the, the bride's family pays for the wedding. That's dumb. He's our, he, he's our only son. Like, it, it, we feel like it's only fair that we also we, we, we pay for this half of the wedding. Like, I feel, I feel like that's only fair. And then have George turn them down. I think that's a really good scene and yeah. would be really funny from the perspective of whoever we cast as uh, as a. Um, uh, I always forget her name, Nina. Nina, because it doesn't sound like a real name. No. Nina Banks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and and if you want to have like the crazy like set piece of him crawling around the house running from dogs, you can literally have like they write a check and hand it to whoever the planner is, and you can literally have George sneak back in and try to Ocean's Eleven steal that check and replace it with one of his own. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be like yeah. later Nina finds the check because he didn't throw it away. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're going to be replacing Steve Martin and Martin Short, you need some sort of craziness. Yeah. But, um, yeah. What else do we need? What else are we missing? I, one of the things that's missing from the movie from, to me is I want to see more of Annie and Brian. Agreed. Like, 
I want to see more of their romance and who what they are like as a couple because we don't get to really know them at all in Father of the Bride. Like it's just sort of like we get to know Annie and we get to know Brian a little bit in terms of like what he does for a living and the kind of person he is, but we don't really get a sense of them as a couple no. or what their relationship is like. Um, the Brian and, that exists in the movie that we have now exists solely to make George uncomfortable. Right. That's it. Right. That's all he does. When he's not yeah. making George uncomfortable, he's not on screen. Right. Very true. Very true. And um, I agree with you. I do think we need more for them. And I think what we need from them is, like, while George is doing all these big things, it's how do you deal with your family yeah and yeah who, who do you who do you have that conversation with when you can't have it with the person you normally have the conversation with yeah yeah i think that's good i also think i think they should be high school sweethearts because in order for this to work i think that they need to be really young annie and uh and brian need to be like 18 19 like young young i don't think they need to be that young i think early to- 20s is fine well, I but I mean I think they need to be really young, like fresh out, like pretty, pretty, pretty. What well, like I don't even know if they're out of college yet, like I, that I kind of young. We, you and I are both in our thirties, and I think we can both agree that people who get married at twenty-two, it's still really young. Okay, no, you're not. You're not understanding the math. I'm oh, thirty-six. Be, I'm sorry because you want them to be. You want the parents to be millennials. Right, right. In order for the parents to be millennials. They have to be like twenty or younger, and so that gives us a two-year range there. Sure, uh, th- that's not the way I cast it. I don't specifically need that. Like, I know that that's how you pitched it. I don't specifically need that for it to work. But like, okay, in my yeah. head, that's never been how things work. I should point <laughs> out that my dad is thirty years older than me, and my mom is thirty-six years older than me. So if wow. my mom had had a kid at eighteen, in the same way you're suggesting, and that kid had a kid when they were eighteen, I would be the same age as that kid. Wow. So like okay. that's that's the age gap I'm dealing with and I'm the older child. My yeah. sister's 3 years younger than me. My my mom had me at 20. So Yeah. No. I, I have a, I have no yeah. concept of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very different thing for me. When I, when I was born, <laughs> both my parents were well established in their jobs. They were like doing career things and like my mom owned her own business. My dad was like partner at an accounting firm. Yeah. They were no. doing fine. That's I don't know what that's like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have no I have no idea. So so yeah. Uh so, but yeah. But so so yeah. So like while while I understand what you're saying, I it's hard for me to conceptualize that just because that's not my life experience. Sure, sure. And also it's not how I cast, and I'm trying to lean us a little bit that way. But that's okay. just that's just me metagaming a little bit. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah, I see. I, I I think that George has to be like kind of no older than forty two, and like oh George and Nina have to be kind of no older than forty two in mean, order I'm for it to perfectly work. Perfectly happy, especially if we're making George the impulsive one. If Nina's the one that's slightly older, sure. Yeah, like, I'm yeah, happy to absolutely. flip. Like it's still I father mean, of the bride. Like it still needs to be about the titular father of the bride. I, I, I mean, and I'm just talking about. I'm I'm really just talking about like actors. I'm not really talking about. Uh, the characters themselves, because sure. like we said, I think before we even uh, uh, t- started recording, it's like you can be 50 in Hollywood and look 37. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I found out I found out the, our age. So, yeah, I found out that the, uh, the the have you watched Girls 5 Eva yet? No. 
No, okay, it's excellent. It's I'm really, watching really the movie funny. about I'm uh, watching the TV show about the old people or old person. Which one is that? Hacks. Oh, I, I guess hacks. the old person and the young person. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is about a uh, a girl band who uh, uh, sort of uh, comes back. Um, anyway, uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry is in it, and she's really, really funny. She's of course from Hamilton, um, and like. I didn't know that she was 50. That blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, I was like, for sure, she's like my age. And it's like, no, she's 50. And I was like, that is bonkers. I've never seen a 50-year-old look as good as she does. It is insane. <laughs> um, so, you know, just saying age is just a number. That's true. <laughs> uh, especially in Hollywood, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. I, yeah. I, so I, I agree with you in terms of like the characters and kind of like the sense that we're getting. And I'm even comfortable if we're like, they're slightly too old to be millennials, but they're like, we're millennials. You're not millennials. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, but like, we're basically talking about our cast. So I think at this point, let's just talk about our cast. Sure. Okay. Dueling genre. One of the things that we I mentioned to you before we started doing this is I didn't start with George. I kind of started with Annie and then backtracked. Okay, yeah. Uh, because one of the problems of this movie is that it, it is so white. And uh, the, Very, only, yes. the only character that's not white has the name of a white person. Mm, yeah. And that's the joke. I guess that's true. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Boomers. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, so that's why I started with Annie and I, 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 I metagamed this a little bit as well. And I picked an Annie that I thought that you specifically would like. Oh. So for Annie, my suggestion was Haley Steinfeld. That's really good. Um, I, I, yeah, I like that. I'm I'm on board with that. I like I like Haley Steinfeld a lot, and I think she can still play like really young. And so yeah, yeah I think that's I think that's good. I like that a lot. That's Thank good. You. I also just realized we have yet to mention the fact that she has a younger brother in this movie because he's not relevant at all. No, he's not. He's the he is the 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 bride in uh, Father of the Bride Part Three ish. Oh, so I that's mean that tracks. Yeah, they brought Kieran Gillen, Kieran Gillen, Kieran uh, Culkin. Back to I mean play it in the Zoom. He's doing so much now, and he's great. Everyone loves Karen Culkin. Yeah, that's Um, true. So because we have Haley Steinfeld, Haley Steinfeld, her dad I think is Italian or something, and then her mom is German and Filipino and British and Irish, and it was a mix of different things. And so because of that, I was specifically looking for one of the parents to be of Filipino descent. Oh, okay. It ended up being the mom. Okay. And so, but we can get to that in a minute. So because of that, I had two ideas for the dad. Based on everything you're saying, I'm immediately throwing one of them away, which is good because it's the one I already threw away. And I want to talk about the dad. My dad's going to be a little bit older than who you've got. So so let's start with who's your 42-year-old father? So my my so so there's a lot of people that I I ran through right. Some are a little too attractive, uh, but <laughs> I would I would I would love to see them play this kind of role, like like Jake Gyllenhaal, for example. 
I think Jake Gyllenhaal would rock this. Like, I think he would do a really good job. I think he's really charming and funny when he wants to be. But he's also so bonkers attractive. Like, you kind of can't take it seriously. Yeah. You know? So, so, uh, and then I thought, well, you could go the opposite route and you could do a Seth Rogen. I can absolutely picture this movie the way we're pitching it with Seth Rogen. And I, I can, as soon as you say Seth Rogen is George Banks, I'm like, I know that whole movie. Yeah. I've, I've got it the whole thing in my head. I know what it is. Yep. Um, another person that I thought of was Bill Hader, mm-hmm. who I think would be really good in this. But I think I think I settled on Jake Johnson. I think Jake Johnson has the vibe that we're kind of looking for. The, the vibe of the dad that looks like he's going to be like, I hate weddings. I hate this. And but then also would be able to play like weddings <laughs> like he yeah. would be able to play that that aspect of of our George. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think I think he would be uh, a really good pick. So he's my pick is Jake Johnson. I think that's a great pick. I think it it's very similar energy to the guy I have because the guy I have is basically Jake Johnson plus five years. Oh, OK. I went with Mark Ruffalo. Ah, uh, yeah, sure, sure. I, again, this was before kind of like the the whole flip. I think Jake Johnson kind of does a little bit more of what you're suggesting, and especially we've both now seen the Mythic Quest Mythic Quest episode, Dark Quiet Death. Oh yeah, and we're both just like, <sighs> yeah. So He's great. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, and like even just as like a standalone like short film, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, that part of me is, like, I, Jake Johnson should be in everything now. Um, <laughs> but, like, so, the, but, but the part of me is, like, I kind of liked the Mark Ruffalo energy of it, of, like, he kind of, I was kind of, like, how do you replace Steve Martin? Like, how do you get kind mm-hmm. of, like, that hang dong, but also fun and exciting? And also, but yeah. genuinely a good dude, like, that sort of thing. And that 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 is Mark Ruffalo's energy. Yeah, yeah. That's where my Bill Hader was coming from, too, right. was kind of, like, who has a Steve Martin energy? And Bill Hader was kind of... The best I could come up with, but Mark Ruffalo is good too. So that 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 yeah, I I mean I think we should go with Jake Johnson. I think that kind of fits the mold of what we're of what we're thinking. Okay. Um, the the person I'd originally thrown away is Sam Rockwell because I think that's uh, Jake Johnson plus ten years. Yeah, even though I think I he's see, only a year older than Mark Ruffalo, but yeah, I can see that energy though. Mm-hmm. I think he would be able to do the version of the movie we're pitching better than Mark Ruffalo could. I I, um, do I think Mark. But I yeah. thought he was a little too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, in terms of like who could do be a modern day Steve Martin, the answer is Sam Rockwell. Yeah, but that's sure. not really the movie we're making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But yeah, okay. So Jake Johnson for George, which brings us to Nina. So for Nina, I kind of wanted someone of Filipino descent, but kind of yeah. a mix. This is a woman who you may have seen in A Knight's Tale. She had a recurring role on Sleepy Hollow. And she was the love interest in Risk Cutter's A Love Story. Her name is uh, Shannon Sassamon. Oh, sure. Wow, you you successfully named all the things that I am not familiar w- with her in. Oh, uh, it, interestingly, <laughs> just as a thing, you should watch Risk Cutter's. Uh, I've seen Risk Cutters, but I don't remember her being in it. But that, I do, yeah. I do remember seeing it. Yeah, that, I, I um, also felt the same way. I was like, she was. I don't remember her. And like, I, I watched Night's Tale six months ago. Like, we did like a Netflix party and like a big group and watched Night's Tale. And I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, I've never seen that movie. I still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> don't. It's one well, of those. I mean, you have the benefit of having roommates. Don't watch it alone. That is a movie yeah. to watch with other people, but it's great. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always hear that. I need to make the time to do it. But uh, yeah, it's absolutely. A, it's a movie that also I feel like people might recommend and suggest for my podcast, but I don't think you can remake that movie because that movie is so... It, you can't make that movie intentionally. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I could see what I, I could see that. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that uh, Shannon would be an interesting choice for the mom. A, because she legitimately could be Haley Steinfeld's mother, but yeah. also because like she has kind of the right energy. Yeah. I, 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 is she funny? I don't know that I've seen her anything where she's funny. Is she funny in a night's tale? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> I think she's All funny right, in good. risk cutters also, but she's also funny in night's tale. Okay. Yeah. Then great. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of night's tale, another person who would be really good is this version of George. Although I think he's a, a smidge too old is, uh, Alan Tudyk. Oh, Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just I was just I was just thinking of that and I like I was like because I looked up Shannon Sossum and you might and it was like you might also be interested in Alan Tudyk. Yeah, and I was like, wrong. you know what? I am interested in Alan Tudyk. <laughs> that would work also. Um but yeah. Uh okay, yeah, I'm fine with going with, with uh Shannon Sossaman. Cool. All right, so that's our that's our Banks family. Are we gonna have a Maddie Banks? Is that necessary? I mean, I don't know who I, you know, I don't know. I, I we would we would cast some no name regardless. Yeah. So, we, yeah. It is impossible for us to recast this child. The only child that we could possibly cast we, is the is the best friend from um, Jojo Rabbit. And, <laughs> sure. and every that's everyone's go to right now. Like he's now right. the kid. He is the new Macaulay Culkin. Right. Or or Jojo Rabbit. Huh? Or <laughs> I guess we could Rabbit. cast him too. Yeah. yeah. But like I, we would have to just like cast someone if – if for some plot reason they need a child, fine. But mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. um, which brings us to Brian McKenzie. Who are you thinking for Brian McKenzie? I So I was thinking the McKenzies should be black. Interesting. Um, Go on. That's, that's, that's my – I'll be honest. I, I didn't think of a Brian McKenzie, but I do have a John McKenzie if it, that, because that's where my mind was. But Brian was hard. Um, because this was diff- he was very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who do you have? So my Brian McKenzie is half black. And okay. Ironically, half Filipino. I didn't do this oh. intentionally, but when I looked him up, I was like, great. So I am not especially familiar with him. I like I've heard his vocal performance in some things, um, and I've and I know he's a good actor because he's done that. Um, the thing he's working on currently is called Greenleaf, but he's also had roles in Parenthood, and kind of his breakout role was in Shake It Up, like opposite Zendaya. Okay. This actor's name is Rashawn Fegan. R-O-S-H-O-N-F-E-G-A-N. Sean. Right age, right look, and and frankly, right energy. He seemed like he would be a fun cast. Oh, De- yeah. Okay, yeah, like I've seen him business. in stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've seen him in stuff. And he, uh, because good. he's half black, half Filipino, that's also the breakdown I have uh, for his parents. But okay. We'll who do you, who, I, I, for, for, for my, for his dad, I have Hannibal Burris. Interesting. <laughs> that is not the energy I went with. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my pair. Okay. So, I, so I kind for his parents, I kind of went with like, you look at them and you think they're going to be like stern and fierce, but then you actually talk to them and they're like really loving and supportive. And that's like, 
I wanted to go with a different first impression than what they actually portray. Okay. So my John McKenzie is Dave Batista. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then I had Dave Batista married to Aisha Tyler. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that because the idea of Jake Johnson interacting with Dave Batista makes me giggle. Right. So I like that. <laughs> cool. I think that's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, fun. Then if you're comfortable with that, then I think we can move on to Frank Engelhofer and Howard Weinstein. Okay. So for these two, um, I decided to go with the comedic duo. Great. Uh, only one of them is like super well known because one of them broke out, got on SNL, whereas the other one, his sort of comedic partner is just like he just does a podcast with and they still do comedy and stuff together, um, like like uh, like live comedy and stuff together. Both of mine um, are so, also SNL alums. So I went with Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers. <laughs> so uh, I also went with Bowen Yang. Yeah. yeah, it's obvious, it's right? So it's so perfect. It's yeah, it's perfect. It's who you need to have. Yeah, like I, there, there is no one else who can portray that role. Yeah, yeah. And so my Frank Engelhofer was Fred Armisen. Oh, see, Bowen Yang is my Frank, and then my oh. my Howard my Howard is Matt Rogers. That's I oh. I flipped it back because I was like I don't like the joke. I just <laughs> I would rather I think I think it's funnier if. The Asian character has like this ridiculous French name. I think that's funnier than, than having than, a Jewish name. Than having a Jewish name. Great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. Matt Rogers and Bowen and Yang. Yeah. I think that's yeah. amazing. I do love Fred Armisen though. I think Fred yeah, Fred Armisen's the best. Yeah. I, I mean if you're looking for the the modern day uh uh, uh Martin, Martin Short, Short it's yeah. Fred Armisen. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Uh yeah. but uh I think Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang is and not just because I also had Bo and Yang, but also flipping them, I think, is the right choice. So I agree with that, too. Um, <laughs> All right. Cool. I, so the only other character that like I have is choreographer, which I don't have anyone for. But you said you had yeah. a good idea for choreographer. Yeah. What if we used I, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to do my best. Apologies in advance. Uh, De- Demi at a Jujubi at a Jujubi. He's a writer on The Good Place. He's a performer. Every year on the 27th of September, he films, he makes a video that is about that song. Do you remember the 27th of September? Um, And so like, yeah. yeah. And so every, every year he does a video about that and does like a dance. And it's like this ridiculously choreographed single shot video that just escalates to a ridiculous degree. And when you were talking about what, kind of dance you were talking about which is a dance that will go viral online the first guy i thought of was demi at a um, yeah that's perfect that's a, that is exactly what i was thinking of that is yeah that was a moment of brilliance scott and i yeah. appreciate it <laughs> 21st of september yeah uh, that's yeah. fantastic okay great that's a choreographer <laughs> are there any other actor roles in this that we need to pay attention to not in this first one you know no. I, um, I haven't seen the other two yeah, yeah. Not in this first one. I think that's basically it okay, in this one. Okay, great. Yeah. Then let's talk about writer and director. Okay. For writer, the first thing that came to mind for this, because of the 
the tone that I kind of want it to have, which is very similar to that Nancy Myers tone, but we're flipping everything else, right? So we want the tone to kind of stay consistent, which is why you kind of don't want the Seth Rogen because then it's like, well, that's a different tone, yeah. right? I So when I th- think of the tone of this and other movies that have similar tones with like a younger writer-director kind of idea, I first thought of The Big Sick. So my writer is Emily V. Gordon, Okay. Of, you know, Emily V.B. Gordon and Camille Nanjiani. Um, but since we don't have any, you know, I mean, you know, I, we can throw Camille in there as well. But it seems to me that she is writing on her own now. She's like solo writing while he's well, acting and stuff. She needed something and, to do while he was in Eternals. <laughs> and, and she needed something to do while he was in the gym. <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> so, uh, but but yeah. So I I feel like now she's kind of a solo writer, and so I think that would be I think that would be a really fun pick. I think that's a really good idea. Um, so it the the person that I have is a writer who has written on Broad City. Uh, she's written on The Good Place, and she is also one of the writer creators on Hacks, which is honestly it's the reason I sat down last night to start watching Hacks because I'm like I can't oh. talk about this writer and not know about the thing she's currently working on. Sure. Uh, this writer's name is Jen Statsky. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I think we should probably go with Emily Gordon. But, like, in terms of kind of walking the line of modern, like, big and also small modern comedy, I felt like she would be a good person for that. But I think if we're comparing movies, I think the big sick kind of handles the tone that we're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, it like literally Emily Gordon knows how to write in a way to allow comedic people to play. Yes. And I think that's but, important. But and never portray like the tone of the movie. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's good. So that's why I think Emily Gordon is uh, the correct way to go. Okay. Uh, for my director, I went with a director who has really only directed one thing and it mm. like came out last year. Mm. And, uh, but it also kind of was like the tone of a serious thing is happening, but we're going to have fun, right? Uh huh. So I went with the director of Palm Springs, uh, Max Barbaco. Ah, which okay. At this point, have you seen it? Have I seen Palm Springs? Yeah. Buddy, I saw Palm Springs before anybody. I that- saw it a year, a year before everybody because I saw it in a test screening. It was the last movie I saw in theaters. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> anyway. I really like Palm Springs, and I thought that he would do be a good job of. of Should have won Best Picture. Should have ag- won Best Picture. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's so. It Should have at least been nominated. I mean, come on. So much. Yeah. One of the things that I was like really sad about while researching this movie is that like Touchstone Pictures doesn't exist anymore. Like these kind right. of mid-level comedies. Like you, you you read these reports and like these like people talking about oh the way Hollywood used to be movies like this don't exist anymore really. They're big or they're small. And, like, finding those movies in the middle, it's so hard. And they're yeah. so good. And like, just trying to do research for modern-day comedic equivalents of this. And there just aren't any. Yeah. And this was the bread and butter of, like, the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. But they just don't exist. Yeah. And I feel like the indie space and making movies on your own is kind of how people are sort of starting to bring this back. Yeah. It's true. So, anyway, Max Barbaco, who'd you have? <laughs> so i chose a director who has also only done one feature film but they've done a ton of tv they've directed episodes of brooklyn 99 uh they've directed episodes of glow fresh off the boat 
the good place, etc., etc., dating all the way back to the office. So they've worked a lot, but they've only directed one feature film. And in my opinion, they knocked it out of the park, which is the movie Set It Up. Have you ever seen Set It Up? I haven't heard of Set It Up. Set It Up is a is a Netflix romantic comedy where two assistants try to set their bosses up so that they can have time off because (laughs) the problem is that their bosses are workaholics and if their bosses are workaholics they're their assistants so they have to be at work all the time so they try to get their bosses to hook up so that they can like you know have weekends off and evenings and stuff i love that Um, as a premise and the bosses are um lucy lou and um ah what is his name i always forget his name from is it, I think it's from Save the Last Dance. I think is the guy. I don't um, know. Oh boy, I forget that you don't know movies. Uh, <laughs> it, I mostly just don't know names, and that contributes to my not knowing. No, names. it wasn't Save the Last Dance. Let me just look it up. Set it up. Why did I do this? Uh, Glenn um, Powell. Uh, no, 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 no. no? Uh, Tay Diggs is the other boss. So Bye. it's Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs are the bosses, and then Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch are the assistants, and they set up their their bosses and then they also fall in love in the process it is really really excellent it's like i i would i would say it's probably the best rom-com on netflix um and they have quite a few but i think it's the best one and that's high praise from you yeah 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 oh and i mean like original netflix netflix original movies not uh, um, yes of course yeah because like sometimes they get other movies but yeah so that's that's my choice because i just think i think she's awesome and it bums me out she hasn't done a movie a, another movie yet um granted there was a pandemic so maybe sure, she's sure. got one in the works uh yeah uh, now that i'm on the imdb page do you want to say her name out loud oh sorry i didn't say it yet claire scanlon sorry there we yes go. claire scanlon <laughs> she rules uh and uh, i hope she directs a new movie soon and i want it to be this one <laughs> It looks like uh, she has two projects in development. Um, one is the untitled Ike Barinholtz, David Stass, and Amazon Studios project, which I don't care about. But then here's mm. the one that I think you will like. It is a movie called, I presume it's a movie called The People We Hate at the Wedding. So I don't, Whoa, think, I don't I like think you that. I don't think you could have picked anyone better. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know about that. That's great. That is great. <laughs> All right, great. Emily Gordon and Claire Scanlon. I think that's perfect. Nice. All right, great. That's our cast list. Let me take you through it. Okay. George Banks will be played by Jake Johnson. Nina Banks will be played by Shannon Sossaman. Annie Banks will be Haley Steinfeld. Will there be a Maddie Banks? Who knows? It, it, <laughs> it could go either way. Brian McKenzie will be Rashawn Fegan. Uh, Frank Engelhofer will be Bowen Yang. And Howard Weinstein will be Matt Rogers. John McKenzie will be Dave Batista. And Joanna McKenzie will be Aisha Tyler. All of this will be written by Emily V. Gordon. Oh, and our choreographer is Demi uh, Adujujubi, written by Emily Gordon and then directed by Claire Scanlon. And that is the, according to my math, eighth Father of the Bride movie, (laughs) including all of the sort of Father of the Bride movies. Right, right. Yeah. But in terms of just with the title Father of the Bride, the third. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's great. I like what we uh, do. I think this will yeah. be a good movie. I would watch this movie. Would you watch I know. This movie? I would t- I would write this movie. I would I would I would make this movie. I would love it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you should write this movie cuz this well, is I don't, so up your alley. 
Yeah, it is. I'd have to be able to. Pi- I'd have to go pitch it because somebody owns this. But no, yeah. you your idea was a flip on the thing. You come. Oh, in that's the, true. You, that's you true. come in. You give it a different title, and then you're like, you know that's what would true. get this to sell? Who owns the rights to Father of the Bride? That's Touchstone, true. Disney. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. So they're making. Yeah. yeah, they're making the the, the Latino Father of the Bride. Oh, I think right. for Disney Plus. I mean, I'm pretty sure. And but we already know what that's going to be. So yeah. just change the name and write this. I I think you can and should. Yeah, maybe I should. I think you're. I think you're probably right. Um, that's a good point. Maybe I just will. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, then we're at the point where uh, time for plugs. Uh, what other things on dueling genre should people be listening to right now? Or you, you know should what? listen to everything. You know what um, I have yet to plug because I'm not huh. sure how to do it. Talk about the Patreon. Oh yeah, so duallygenre.com/support is our Patreon. So we have we have two major tiers there. We have the three dollar archive level where um, you get one bonus episode a week, and as well as access to the archives of everything that we put out before like January 2021. And it is a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm talking like it's over 300 podcasts that you would get, get access to instantly um, for $3. Uh, you know, if you can listen to 300 podcasts in a month, great. You got the greatest deal of all time. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all for $3. And then the $5 tier is what we call dueling genre premiere. You get three bonus podcasts a week. The two additional podcasts are dueling genre versus, which is a, uh, hosted by uh, its mini series m- rewatch pod. It's a rewatch podcast. You rewatch. We rewatch TV movies hosted by a variety of uh, hosts from the dueling genre staple, featuring uh, guest hosts from the dueling genre staple. Sam's been on a few episodes. A uh, versus. A uh, versus. Haven't you? I, my first episode will be coming out not this weekend, but next weekend. So oh, the weekend okay. before this episode. Uh, no. <laughs> uh two weekends before this episode comes out i think if i'm doing my math right and i'm not okay uh that will be the first episode i'm on an episode of uh the good place or yeah doing genre place. versus the good place and um, i don't know if you've listened uh to uh that yet but um we have some fun okay that's good uh i have I'm not yet to go off the rails when i'm not trying to keep everything under control yeah yeah i know uh and the reason <laughs> i know is because Sam has been on many an episodes of Dueling Genre Tonight, uh, which is a pop culture news show that we do with a variety of uh, of, of Dueling Genre hosts. I host it, or uh, Benny uh, hosts it, um, and uh, Benny Bennett. And so we sort of like alternate, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And we just talk about the week's entertainment news and go quickly off the rails almost every week. Um, and it's usually Sam's fault. Uh, I, I will cop to that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear Sam go on a, like a, like a 40 minute tirade on uh Disney channel original movies. Well, that's where you want to go. It's on it's, the internet. It sounds like <laughs> you need to, don't worry about it. <laughs> it sounds like you need to become a dueling genre patron. Um, so I, yeah, and those... I will say as someone who like I, my podcast has joined dueling genre this year, but I've been a dueling genre patron for a long time. Like it's several years at this point and I've been at the $5 level for at least two years. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Like, uh, and especially now that, uh, it helps keep the lights on at ideal remake. 
you should consider uh, looking in if into a Patreon support of Dueling Genre. It would be great. Yeah. And I should talk about it on this show more, but I'm normally so happy we made it through the episode that I forget things like that. Yeah, that's fair. It's I not. Feel like that. I, I should pay more attention. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. Add it to your show notes. I... <laughs> I That's should. what happens to me. I, I, yeah. I should do that, yes. <laughs> My show notes are still take a selfie. So that's how oh. often I update them. Oh, okay. Because I was really bad at taking a selfie with the guest for promotional purposes. Oh, yes. Fair enough. It, Check it out. It's, there, there is a link in the show notes of every episode that has come out this year. So if you are in your car listening to this... If you click on the podcast link uh, when you get back home, in at the end, at the end of the description, it says Dueling Genre Patreon, and there should be a link you can click on. Yeah, or you can just go duelinggenre.com slash support and support us on Patreon. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Do you have any social medias or anything you want people to follow? At Scott Corelli on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but don't follow me there. Do you want to spell Corelli for people just in case? Oh, yeah, sure. C-A-R-E-L-L-I. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Anything That's, else? Yeah. Listen to Franchiseography, please, if you forgot from the beginning of the show. You really should listen to Franchiseography. Start yeah. with uh, episode three of Men in Black and just uh, and then go from there. It's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Skip right over <laughs> one and two. Well, just you got to go three, three, two, one. You got to build. Oh, okay. Okay. And then go and then go back and hit up four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, as long enough. as we're talking, as long as we're in a Kumail Nanjiani mood. Yeah. Keep that gravy train rolling. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Cool. Uh, if you're interested in following me, I'm at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter. Uh, or you can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram, but mostly Instagram. Or you can join us on Facebook at Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. And that would be great. Another thing you can do if you can't afford uh, to support the Patreon or if you think that there's like social causes and things that need your money more right now. We completely understand. But mm-hmm. one thing you can do to support my podcast, any of the Dueling Genre podcasts, or any podcast you love, is to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. That would be incredibly helpful. If you just take 20 minutes out of your day and just go through and leave all your favorite shows five-star reviews, all of us would say thank you. And that is me mm-hmm. saying thank you now to all the people who've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I will end with this. Scott, what is your favorite quote? From the movie Father of the Bride. Oh, what? You didn't prepare me for this. I know. Um, you did that opening quote so well. Thank you. I know what it is. It's right. so my favorite my favorite quote, because I think it's the funniest moment in the movie, is George I I I I could I'll quote the whole thing if you want me to, but <laughs> it's 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 George having the tirade at the supermarket about the hot dog buns. <laughs> That's my favorite. favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite line. It's it's so like yeah. I want to buy eight hot dogs and eight hot dog buns to go with them, but no one sells eight hot dog buns. They only sell twelve hot dog buns, so I end up paying for four buns I don't need. So I'm removing the superfluous buns, Uh, and that all ends with like I don't. George Banks is saying no. Who's George Banks? Me. Me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I love that. That is amazing. I also like that, like, over the course of the scene, because obviously they film it for a while, and he keeps going back, and he he does it to three packages of hot dog buns. Yes. And he removes four buns 
Because the monologue is so long. Right. But he does it three times. And he removes four buns three times. Which is 12 buns. So he just could have bought two packs. Oh, man. That's good. And it's just like my math brain was like, mm, there you go. But like I, I, it, that scene is so good. I love it. Yeah. Ugh. I, anyway. I, like I think mine would be, uh, and you're telling everybody at how much the wedding has cost. I'm not telling everybody. Cut to uh, a person, like police officer in jail. $250 a head. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good, too. Yeah. I love that whole uh, scene. I like Diane Keaton being like, I'm the reasonable one. Here's what's going to happen. Just that's, that scene slays yeah. me. I love everything about it. Yeah. Uh, Steve Martin, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Eventually, someone's going to ask to do the jerk for this, and I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. He's just too good. Yeah. That's also an extremely difficult movie to make relevant in today's yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I've danced around it, but it, like I would end up pulling on ideas of things that I've already done before. But that's a movie for another time. Scott, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for being uh, my guest for this episode. Uh, this was yeah. super duper fun. And yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for doing this with me, Sam. Yeah, my pleasure. This was great.